right, so let's get some levels going. What did you eat for breakfast? What did I eat for breakfast today? I did not eat anything for breakfast. I think I um, I skipped breakfast this morning, and then I what I had for lunch? I had a roast beef sandwich on some Italian bread mm-hmm. with some carrots and some sunflower seeds. I don't know where the sunflower seeds came in, but somehow they entered into my lunch. Well, there you and, go. Uh, yeah. Secret of your success. Secret of my success, sunflower There you go. You are listening to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Business. 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 Welcome to episode 12 of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. This time around, I'm talking to Steve Hadichuk, a native New Hampshire musician that is strong with the prog and a good friend. I've seen him play intimate acoustic gigs at local bars and pizza joints, and in full rock band mode in large theaters and rock clubs. To me, Steve exemplifies what it means to be a hardworking musician with a family and full-time job, and at the same time, promoting his main band and performing covers a few nights a week. I hope you enjoy this discussion on the trials and tribulations of a working musician. Welcome to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. I'm joined today by uh, Stu himself, a man who is not deadbeat, lazy, but might be a little crazy. The dirty little (laughs) freak himself. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm very well, thank you. Um, So... Let's get um, started uh, just to give give people an idea of uh, what your projects are, what you do in those projects, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Um, I, I guess my main original project would be uh, a band that I'm playing called Mindset X, which is kind of a hard rock, proggy alternative. Uh, could be much, could be anything, really, mm-hmm. um, type of band. So we're definitely a bit on the experiment, experimental side, but definitely... Um, Definitely our roots kind of go back to rock and metal. Right. Um, so we have that. I mean, obviously going on, we just got back together after a little break. Um, so we started to, you know, rehearse some new material. So that's one of my projects. I do a little solo cover thing on the side too, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not really sure how I got into. <laughs> I just, people keep calling me back, so I keep showing up, um, which is a good thing. Um, and eventually um, we have a... I have a, a couple of little, how do I even say it, solo acoustic original projects coming down the road too. Cool. So I'm staying quite busy trying to manage everything with my ADD and trying to stay on track and right. <laughs> hopefully, uh, you know, cross my T's and dot my I's and, and do everything in the right order here. Dot your lowercase J's, you mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I first uh, got... Uh, kind of uh, turned on to you guys when I, I saw um, Fate's Warning at the Worcester Palladium 
and check you yeah, guys yeah. out there. That was that was a shame, uh, a shamefully under attended show. I must say that that was really was. sparse in the audience. So it was, um, it was odd, yeah, it was odd night. So, but you no, know, I I mean I think mindset uh, definitely wear their Floyd's uh, heart on their sleeve. That that influence. I mean, I I kind of say at least Oceans is kind of a bit of a stripped down sound version of Coheed, maybe. With fronted by Ray Elder, I think you, you sound a little like Ray Elder. Um, so that's kind yeah. of you, you. Definitely, you know, uh, people who listen to the podcast might start to guess that I I'm I'm a big prog fan. So you know, it's no surprise that you know having guys like you on and um, the fact that this podcast, you know, one of the main um, things about the podcast is mindset makes you know the name of your band like really really cool um and yeah now I've, I've been fortunate to before i left um to see you uh on on the deviant side and um check out you know having a good time playing three sets of cover songs it was really good and there's probably a, a drunk video of me you know what was it uh, i think probably uh the proclaimers song that you do I was probably yelling the chorus on that drunk. If you go, if you go on my, miles. Yeah, if you go go on my wife's Facebook page, there's probably some <laughs> drunk video there. So, so I'll have to stuff. check that out. Yeah. You know, the, the cool thing about the cover, the cover aspect of the thing I do is there's really no pressure with it. Right. So it's it's really kind of just keeping up my chops and mm-hmm. um, people giving me money to do so. Really, I, I guess that's what it comes to. And so. You know, I have a couple of beers, you sing some songs and people have a good time. And, Absolutely. you know, I can think of, you know, I can think of Lord of the Rings when the hobbits are dancing on the tables with their beers yeah. and doing their thing. That's that's how I kind of look at it. Nice. So, um, yeah, and you should say it, it kind of uh, keeps your chops up when, when you have a big, rock, you know, a rock band is a lot more involved in getting gigs and, and scheduling and stuff. But it's just you nice. and your, your acoustic. It's it's kind of easy just to set up and go. So that's, that's awesome. It is. It is. And it definitely... It's a little different animal in the sense that you're completely naked up there because you're alone. Right. Um, so I don't have I don't have Paul to hide behind or you know Adam to hide behind if I make a mistake. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, as far as an acoustic goes. So um, it definitely, I'm happy I've done it. I, I did it I, because it made me a better musician. Um, and I, you know, every day I do it, and you know, this week I'm playing three gigs in a row. You know, mm-hmm. so it's you know, nine hours a week. <laughs> so, right. Originally, if you, someone told me to do that, you know, 10 years ago, I'd have been like, yeah, no way. Right. Uh, but you learn, it's cool because you learn how to keep your voice kind of tuned, you know, mm-hmm. keep, you know, what works for your voice, you know, nine cups of tea a day, whatever it has to be, whatever someone's ritual is sure. um, to keep it. And when you get colds, like I had a cold all week this week, um, fought through a couple of gigs, but realized that you actually end up seeing better if you learn to control it, you know, right. you the cold you get that deep resonance going on so if you can kind of really handle that mm-hmm. um it, it makes for this it makes the scene to be a little bit unique and, and a little bit different out of my comfort zone personally so sure. it's fun i mean it's it's definitely a learning experience and uh definitely made me in better position um so what do you do well how do you man so going towards your voice i mean obviously you as a singer you have to be more um conscious of your health than say somebody who just plays guitar or I mean, drummers maybe, but, but you know, it, yeah. it directly affects how you sound. So, like, yes. being being in New, New England, um, how do you manage that going through all the seasons? And especially, like, I, I have a huge, I had a huge problem with the pollen. Um, and now I've moved down to Texas, I don't seem to have as much of an issue. Because, I mean, the pollen's 
it just kills up there. So, I mean, do you, yeah. what do you do outside of like the cups of tea and staying healthy? I mean, what else do you kind of uh, do? I mean, I, I can totally relate with Paul and I about allergies forever. Um, in fact, there, I, I couldn't tell if I have a cold this week or allergies. I'm not really sure what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can probably tell, I'm chewing gum because my voice has been really dry. Right. So I'm going to try to keep that. So I, I think I am not the healthiest person in the world. I drink way too much. I probably don't get enough sleep. Um, it, you know, and, and however, I do know that, I mean, hydration is key. So the, the day of gigs, I, I, I'm down in six, seven, you know, balls of water a day. Um, and tea definitely helps like the right tea. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drink, you know, nine cups of black tea, <laughs> you know, cause it kind of dries you out a little bit. Um, right. coffee is kind of a, I love my coffee, so I can't say no to coffee. But, you know, as we get later in the day, I'm not going to have the extra cup because it definitely – so anything that kind of kind of takes that takes the water away from you, basically. So mm. it's really staying. And if you want to get in the gross side, you know, you can do the saline nasal spray stuff to keep everything kind of lubricating your sinuses. Because right. uh, that's what you kind of you – know, that's what your chambers are, really. So you're resonating everything from your face. So if those are blocked up. You know, it's yeah. tough to come. <laughs> so at that point, you're, you're, you're going to the bathroom and snorting half and off the, you know, off the countertops because there's nothing else you can do if, right. if you're that far. So, I mean, hydration is definitely, mm-hmm. definitely the number one thing. And not getting, you know, not getting shit-faced the night before, I guess. It's probably, probably, yeah, that's definitely a, a helpful thing. So cool. um, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have, you know, you know, as I hit my 40s, it, it becomes a little bit more difficult. You have to be a little bit more... Um, adamant about staying on track with that stuff. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes it's difficult having one beer too many. So, yep. um, but you learn ways around it. And so, yeah, it's, it's, if I have to say anything, it's, it's keeping yourself lubricated. I mean, it's, it's, well, cause once you dry out, it's so hard to get it back. Yeah. It's, it's easier to keep it. Mm-hmm. You know, that thing. So well, cool. Thank you for the, uh, the information. I'm sure a bunch of people have, uh, you know, get something out of that. Um, uh, I mean, go back, go back to the start. I mean, how did you get into playing music? What was your first thing that said, I have to do that? What's funny about that is my first, the first cassette tape that I, my parents bought me was Tiffany. Okay. And I don't, Raised eyebrow there. Yeah, I, I don't remember why that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know I can tell you that the next cassette I bought after that was um, Injustice for All. Nice. So it was quite a, it was quite a um, shock to the system. Yeah. yeah, within a six month period, or whatever it was, I don't know, I don't, I can't say what, what Tiffany's release date was, um, but within that short time span, I remember, I remember driving with my parents. We were, I think we went to church. We would come home from church, and I asked them that we stopped at Kmart, and I, I bought the cassette for Injustice for All. But they, but they bought for me. Right. I remember Black and came on, mm-hmm. and you know, Hatfield's roaring and doing this thing. And my mother's like, what, what the, and I'm trying to explain. I'm like, no, it's about, you know, it's about the, you know, the world going to crap because people didn't take care of, care of the world, mother nature and all this stuff. And she had none of that. She's like, <laughs> pull it out. And like, you're not listening to this in the car. Um, so that's kind of where it all started. And I think that Christmas, um, they bought me a guitar, mm-hmm. um, a red, I want to say it was a red Chevelle or <laughs> I think it was a Chevelle. Um, and then ever since I started, kind of diddling around a little bit with, with writing some tunes, getting into some more proggy type of stuff at that point for my brothers and obviously metal, like, you know, Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and, you know, that whole genre of music. 
Um, and then as I've gotten older, I've, I've explored some different avenues. Um, mm-hmm. I like my, my, I'm pretty eccentric in, in my, what I like to listen to, which you can probably tell because if you listen to Mindset X, one album is completely different oh, from the other. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's a, it's a blessing and a curse, really. It's, it's a, it's, it's a blessing to be able to do that and having the ability with the, you know, the great musicians that are around me to be able to pull that stuff off. And then it's a curse in the sense that it's hard to market because you can't find a particular niche to market to. Right. So, you know, one song can be completely metal where the other song is, you know, a piano ballad. So mm-hmm. it's, but it makes it, I think it makes our live shows very fun, oh, very yeah. unique. You never know what you're going to get. Um, but back to your original question, I just did, I started kind of when through high school, I, we formed some bands, I think my sophomore year or, or junior year. And, um, we had a band, I live in Salem. We had a band called Salem, mm-hmm. which was doing really well. We were kind of very eighties, okay. um, but very proggy eighties. Um, and then Nirvana hit when I was graduating high school and that completely blew all that stuff up. Right. Um, so we, we, you know, I revamped, started over again. We, um, formed a new band called Sage, which was more Grateful Dead Fish influenced, which I'm not even a huge fan of that. Mm. It's not really my thing, but um, I was more the metal guy in the band. The other guitar was just more the fish kind of Grateful Dead thing. But it, it made for an interesting kind of <laughs> kind of cool. It was a cool style of music. It was it was it was definitely interesting and fun to play. And then that, of course, that dissolved. People grow up. People move to go to college and sure. thing. Um, and then Adam, I, I I met Adam, our drummer. God, it's going to be fifteen years ago now. And then I think it was on a classified ad on, online somewhere. I don't remember the name of the website. He came down. We jammed, um, and it's been us two as a as a formation ever since. And um, now we we have a, a second guitarist, which I've never had. So it makes right. it the ball game for us so it, and it opens up my it gives me a lot of room to wiggle now mm-hmm. instead of to you know concentrate solely on one particular thing so um cool. it's, been fun. it's I, been fun yeah i mean just just for audience sake um you know adam is your your drummer you have paul on bass and yeah. crazy synth playing which makes like the gear the i mean i think you know you should do an entire synth album just based <clears> on what paul does live Cause it's incredible. It just like, holy crap. Um, and then now, now, so yeah, so that brings us to, um, Lucian being in the band, which is Paul's son, correct? Yep. So yes. I ha- obviously I moved before you started back up again, but so he, um, I've seen a couple of videos and he's, he seems like a really amazing player and he's, he is. he's I think he's a year younger than my son, my oldest son. Um, so yeah, that that's awesome. I mean, uh, I I can't wait to uh, see the new stuff or hear the new stuff rather. Um, he definitely brings out he brings out the metal aspect of us because he's a big metalhead. So, mm-hmm. and it's nice because it's always in all three. It's been all it's always in us, you know. But we always kind of like to drift off a little bit. So it, it kind of brought us, he brought us back to our roots in a sense. Sure. Um, me not being afraid to be angry, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean, or you know saying that I've already done that, you know. So it's it's. Um, there's always something to be pissed off about. So I get to reach to those inner demons once again and kind of, um, I can tell you the new material. We're playing a recent, releasing an EP uh, sometime this summer. Cool. And it's late. It's definitely darker and it's definitely heavier. Um, we ha- we'll have one song out hopefully in the next month or so uh, with a video that'll kind of spin that whole thing off. So, um, but it's, it's darker, it's heavier. It's, 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 
it's kind of back to the roots. It's kind of back to where we kind of started. So cool. Um, I mean, that that actually leads me into one of my other questions was, uh, I mean, your so, a lot of your lyrics have this this kind of disdain, this theme of disdain for society and like criticism yeah. of consumerism and being artificial. Um, I mean, does that is that kind of like a a, a, a discomfort where you you're in a band and now with today's you know today's landscape you know you have to market yourself you have to push it because you know being everyone kind of says oh you know the music should be enough but it's a business at the end of the day like i mean how how much of of that is like a dichotomy between what you're singing about and actually kind of doing the the, the snake oil you know <laughs> totally no that's a that's a incredibly valid point um I, you know obviously i think and most musicians would probably agree with me when i say this is if you could not do the business side and just get up there and play guitar i would totally choose that mm -hmm. <laughs> however um being an independent band and being the way especially the way the music landscape is nowadays where it's it's really mostly independent labels which we're an indie label so mm -hmm. i mean you know it's not the age of of unless you're a pop artist that is on american idol and you know Simon's got you by the kahunas, right. um, you know, or if it's Sony or whoever it is, you know, the three or four major record labels are left. Um, you're doing it yourself. And um, I used to hate it. I, I used to despise it very much. And you probably some of my lyrics definitely would come across as that. And um, especially probably as seen on TV. We have to go back on a couple of past albums, like kind of five, six years ago. Yeah. Um, now I, Social media has its, I used to blame social media for me personally, I used to blame social media being the evil and being the demise and, and being, you know, oh my God, it's, it's, it's fucking people up, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but then I came to my own personal realization, whether it's true or not, um, that it's not the internet and it's not, it's not Facebook, it's not Twitter, it, it's just people. I mean, right. people are people and people do people things. Mm -hmm. um, and just like text messages, I think what you see online doesn't accurately represent somebody as a person. Mm -hmm. It's hard. You know, when you get a text message and someone says, okay, you think, oh my God, they pissed off. Right. Oh, like, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's so much that can go around that particular mm -hmm. sentence, or that particular word. And I, I think in general, I think most people are, Good people, uh, you know, regardless of who you vote for president or regardless of who, you know, what soap you use, you know, it, <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I truly believe that most people are good. And I, I can't, I didn't want to go through life blaming social media for everything. I, I So I embrace it now. I, I, I realize that it's a wonderful tool that we didn't have 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're not hanging flyers at 1 a.m. on telephone poles, you know, on, on, you know, going into a record store and ask if we can hang a business card on their little board there. Sure. Um, although you can still do that somewhat. I think social media has really given access to um, a, a wide range of free promotion. I, I mean, yes, Facebook makes you pay for certain promotions, and, and most places do. It's capitalism. It's the business, you know. Um, However, you can still do a lot by not paying anything, uh, you know? So the hardest thing for me with, with social media and I think everything goes along with it 
is keeping is keeping the wheels turning at all times. Right. Like if you go on a YouTube channel and like someone has, you know, sixty thousand subscribers, they're posting a video every other day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's very difficult to do. Absolutely. Like it especially when you're trying to balance all the major ones like you know, I think Twitter sucks, but like Twitter, Instagram, uh, you know, Facebook, YouTube, those are kind of your four main mm -hmm. things. But there's always little ones popping up here and there. And then like, you have to decide if you should get on that with Mindset X benefit from, sure. you know, this account or another Bandcamp account that's just for a particular album. Or mm -hmm. uh, So in the end, I, I, I chose to embrace it. I mean, you'll probably still hear some angry songs about it. Because it's still, you know, when I lose my Wi-Fi at one in the morning, I want to go to bed. You know, I'll probably write a song about that. <laughs> First world problems. <laughs> but you know, I'll incorporate some dragons in there or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I totally forget your original question, but I, I think. Um, <laughs> it, it, well, it was it was just you know how how um, you, you've basically answered it. I mean, you, you've become more uh, comfortable with it. You know, in, in pushing your own artist artistry you know, where you're already singing about not wanting to push your artistry almost. So that, right. yeah, you've, right. I mean, exactly. Um, I actually, I wanted to bring up a point too, is, um, uh, what the, so my friend Bruce, shout out to Bruce, who does, who, uh, in a band called Killbot Zero, who, which is the theme music to the podcast. Um, he was, cool name, yeah, it's a great name. Yeah, okay. Um, he, he was involved in a podcast, uh, in Ohio recently where they were talking to a panel and there was a younger, like 20 something, um, band member. And she was saying, you know, everyone else in the room was in their late thirties, early forties. And, and it, it's for, for our age group, it's really difficult to get into the mindset of sharing everything and scheduling your posts. And it's, it's, it's a, it, it it's like pushing stuff out from you which is not natural but for her it was like well that's just what we do as young people we we share our lives with everyone and as a band you know i mean you know musicians know that you have to be um genuine because otherwise fan you know people who listen to music can tell there's disingenuous stuff yes, i won't definitely. mention the n the band with the uh the canadian band that starts with an n but um but the point is, like her 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 um, point was, you know, we 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 make music and it's genuine and it's how we communicate. But the social media side is kind of the it is just an extension of that from their perspective, where we we didn't grow up with that. So it's like, how how did we survive without YouTube? You know, yeah. it was it was so it's, it's so you know it's so difficult. So just getting getting your mindset there. I mean, it boils down to being, do I want to be that guy who's yelling at you to get off my lawn and just trying to do it the old way, or do I right. adapt to it? Exactly. And I don't want to be a bitter son of a bitch. I, I want to jump on the bandwagon and learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and some of it, you you gain some cool retrospect. Some, you, look at, you look at, like, Instagram, and some of it's kind of fun, like right. posting pictures and seeing pictures of different things. And, um, I mean, do I think some people go overboard? Yeah. But if you don't like it, you won't follow them, you know? Right, so, exactly. um, but yeah, you, you have to, as a musician, especially, I mean, and again, coming, you know, from being in my early forties, it's, you have to, I mean, I either could be the bitter grumpy asshole who just wants to go and hang flyers and that's the way it is because that's the way it's always been. Sure. Or I adapt to it and do both. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so I, I can still kind of do my old fashioned way if I want to, but at the same time, in order for me to gain more fans and, and to push the music to, to deeper places per se, um, I have to adapt. And I think eventually most of us learn that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, adapt or die. That's you know. it. That's um, it. So, so uh, mentioning that you did take a hiatus, um, what was the reason behind that? And do you feel that taking a hiatus hurt you or helped you? Um, the reason was pretty, that is. yeah, the, the reason was pretty simple. I, I think at that point we were going on 11, 12 years. Um, so I think we were just a little burnt out. You know, we, we came off a Florida trip, mm-hmm. a little tour and just, it, just, it was a lot. And it just got to a point where like, you know what? We never said we were breaking up. We just kind of need a break. Um, if you want to go do some other side projects, have some fun, you know, go drum, go play some covers, go write some songs, have have a good time. I think in Adam, I think I think we all agree that we wanted to miss it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Sure, absolutely. Um, we want, yeah, we wanted to just say, okay, if in six months, you know, none of us or everyone like, yeah, that's you know, that was a, a, we did some cool stuff, but we're cool, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it was totally exactly what we thought it would be. Where, you know, six, probably not even six months, five, six months down the road. Yeah, that itching. Um, and then I wanted to write, and I knew that the stuff that I would write would fit well with my TEDx. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we got back together and started again as a three-piece, um, just jamming around and writing some stuff. Um, and we always we always had the eye open for another guitarist, um, but we didn't want to complicate or or make what we had something that could be broken, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Sure. We, it had to be the perfect person. It had to be someone that wouldn't come in and change the entire dynamic of the band, because we weren't looking for that. Right. Um, if we were looking for someone to come in and, and make us a jazz quartet, awesome. You know what I mean? But that's not what we were kind of looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Paul brought it up at practice one day, and, and we were like, yeah, have him come on down. Don't bring his stuff and play, and if it works, it works if it doesn't it doesn't you know no harm on either side um and he's been here ever since so um it's been good so the hiatus to answer your second part of that question i I think it was more than beneficial i i I think if we kept trudging along um and just forcing ourselves to do things you know the hiatus would probably be longer um so i i I think i can safely say for everyone in the band that it was a good thing cool and then um as far as uh, you know, fans and your, you know, how, how you've been perceived and like, how, how did the hiatus go up? Did you, did you hurt your momentum, you know, on the outside or did it kind of give that thing of scarcity where not just you missed it, but like your fans missed you and it made your crowds a little bigger when you started up or like streaming picked yeah. up or anything like that? I definitely, I definitely can say that the shows that we came back to um, were, you know, three times the amount of people that would usually have seen us. Um, so as, as a business sense, um, not that we plan to do that, but as a business sense, it turned out really well because people didn't, it was nice to actually come back and have, you know, notice that people actually gave a shit, you know? So, because we all have those little, little, um, little devils of doubt that kind of go through the back of your head all the time. And that's just, you, you know, that's just, especially musicians, I think. Um, but I think you have to have some sort of, we we've always written for ourselves first. Right. 
Because if we don't like it and I'm not getting something out of it or I'm not, you know, there's there's a part of me that didn't go into that song and I'm just singing it because we go just goes back to what you said, the, uh, you know, doing it for a reason, really, not just mm-hmm. to make money. Right. Um, like when we write an album, it's not, there's a reason these songs are being written. Like I, I, mean, I write most of the lyrics, you know, Adam will throw some in sometimes, Paul throws some in sometimes, but they all have, I mean, I can speak for myself, they all have meaning. Like there's no, right. there's, there's no getting around that mm-hmm. or else I wouldn't be doing it. I'd be, you know, building bird houses and then might come back out or something. Um, so it, the, the fan base has been amazing. It, we've, I think we've gained more fans in the last year than we had in the last five years. Although Oceans did pretty well for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a bold move for us to kind of make a whole concept album and, and do that whole entire thing. Um, and it's still, there's some songs in there that um, I'm totally, totally proud of. I mean, there's obviously some songs that I would, I would rewrite it's as a musician. Great album. But thank you. And you know, the, the last, you know, particularly the last, The Great Divide, part one and two, were, were fun to write. And mm-hmm. in fact, we just started messing around with that yesterday at practice again. So maybe that will end up into the set. Um, cool. But it's fun to see, fun to see Lucian, you know, you know, hey, he comes into the band, like, yeah, hey, yeah, here's we're a 16 minute song. Here you go. <laughs> so it's, um, it's, it's been a kind of a wild ride with that. But yeah, so. Again, it's we've had bigger crowds now than we've had in, in, in a long time. So it's it's uh, whatever whatever is going on. Hopefully, it continues. Excellent. Yeah. Um. So you you uh, how I I don't know if this is um indicative of being an on an independent label and it may be contractual, but um you have oceans on Bandcamp and I think you've got the uh, self titled and a like a best of on Spotify. Like, is that yeah. a conscious decision or is it just how it is right now and you're planning on releasing everything on streaming services or? It's probably a mix of things. I, I know that I've gone through one, um, everything is kind of distributed through CD Baby, to be honest. Like, so you buy their big package and they yeah. will send will send the stuff out to streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a little strange because it's not so, it's not so, um, it seems so simple, but it's not as simple as it actually seems. Right. Um, which is... You know, some albums end up on Pandora. Some, for one particular reason, because it thinks that you have a copyright thing going on, didn't end up, but they don't tell you. So it's these little things that you kind of deal with, um, which really answers the question of why we're on some streaming and, okay. and some not. Um, it's It just takes so, like, in fact, I, I just dealt with this Spotify, actually, I think. I... I logged into my CD Baby account and there was a Spotify error. But I'm like, I know I've been on Spotify. Like, I, I've, mm. I've listened to it. So, um, but I don't remember what album was on Spotify. You know, I'm going to like nine albums deep into this thing. So I'm like, I don't know which one it is. Mm. So I ended up, ended up having to fix something and it was a checkbox that you missed on something. And so it's a, that's really the reason for the streaming thing. Okay. Eventually we'll get it. Sure. <laughs> eventually, eventually we'll figure out how to actually have everything online at once. Um, which is another another angry metal song in itself that I can write, but um, <laughs> but yeah, so that, there's really no particular reason for it except the complications of, of how the systems are, really. Okay, yeah, I mean, I listen to their podcast a lot, and uh, I'm pretty sure if you just call their help desk, you know, make a list of all the problems you have, 
call their right. their customer service they'll they'll help you out not that i'm plugging cd yeah. baby but that you know a lot of the stuff that i've uh put into this podcast is directly result to the stuff they've shared with you know the music community i, I really like their business sure. model but you know there, there are other platforms out there so um sure. that's cool, cool to know i mean yeah i i I, as a musician, I mean, maybe that that's a good jumping off point for how you feel about the stream, you know, where streaming is now, you know, where we've come from CDs to downloads, to that whole fiasco, and now we're at streaming. I mean, what, what are your thoughts and how, comf- how comfortable are you with streaming and how it is? I mean, I, I, I miss, again, get off my lawn moment here, but I, I do miss the, I miss the midnight madness of going to a, a record store and waiting in line you know with lack of sleep and mm-hmm. um and picking up an album and physically holding it in my hands and and smelling the you know the paper when you open it and having that excitement of being able to see the pictures and lyrics i don't think anything will ever beat that um even holograms right. <laughs> uh, i think that's kind of a crazy idea however um i I've learned to embrace the streaming. You're not going to make millions off it unless you're streaming a million streams an hour. Um, so on a, on a business perspective, um, it's not financially awesome for us streaming right now. It's great that you can hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hear it pretty much instantaneously anywhere in the world. Uh, that's a plus, you know? Um, but I, I, I embrace the new model. I, I, I have no choice, but to embrace the new model. I, I People have been saying that CDs are going to go out of print for years at this point. You know, 10 years ago, the CD's so obsolete, that's going to go out. A couple more years, it's gone. It's still going. I mean, you go to a local band show, what do they have? Most bands have CDs. Yeah, you get download cards now. Some people get fancy with USB sticks and, you know, all these different platforms. But, I mean, they're still making cards with CD players in them. Mm-hmm. Some don't. My truck doesn't have one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but nothing will ever be the tangible aspect of a physical thing for me. Um, and probably for a lot of people, but, you know, people who are in their, you know, twenties don't know that anyway. So they, they, they have no idea that that even, I mean, I know probably nobody existed, but you're never going to get the, that feeling of, you know, where you've done it, I'm sure where you, you would stay up late and, and, you know, go get the new Anthrax album or whatever was coming out that day. So when I was a teen, teenager, early twenties, I would spend ridiculous amounts of money every week at the CD store. It's, it's. I, I have stacks and stacks and stacks of them, but no, I mean, it, 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 I think what it really does, it speaks to knowing, you know, what your demographic is, because if right. you're marketing to the 35 plus, then they've had that experience and they need something tangible, whether or not they buy your CD at the show and they never put it in a CD player, like they'll still stream on Spotify, but the fact that they bought it and right. maybe, maybe it's a case of, you kind of have to have something extra like um you know i, I don't know if you're familiar with mr Fastfinger, but uh, mika tiska he was on the podcast a few episodes ago and what i really love about his model is he does a, a pre-sale you know a kickstarter campaign to fund the manufacturing of the cds but the cd yeah. itself is really kind of the byproduct because i stream all his music on spotify but right. he gives a really nice artwork and he does a tab book and he gives you a pick and he gives you like a personalized drawing. And it's, it's something tangible, but it's, it's going that extra step to say, Hey, you're my fan. I value you. Here's some stuff. 
totally. The fact that you stream my music rather than playing this plastic disc is irrelevant. You know, it's it's, it's, it's like a connection thing. But like you said, you know, the younger generation doesn't have that, um, you know, psychology of buying something plastic and putting it in your CD player and not being able to, you know, get that music anywhere else. So I think you just have to really sit down and say, what is my avatar? What is my person that I'm promoting to and then kind of come up with a marketing plan based on that so yeah i i, I agree 100 i think you know there's more music today than there's ever been mm-hmm. or at least it seems that way i mean you can't walk into any store or any mall or any office or anything where, where someone's pushing music on you right. it may not be great music but there's music there nonetheless you know um so i think in, in that sense it, it loses a little bit of its value um mm-hmm. And, and that's the way I think the model is for their companies now. It's not, I mean, musicians ain't really making big sales off the CDs now. It's, it's merchandise and touring. I mean, that's right. that's where you make, you know, your living from. Um, I mean, obviously your CD sales are, are great. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, because that's the music avenue that, that kind of gets the, the music out there. But again, streaming is that same music avenue, which really doesn't take any skin off my back anyway. I may not be making millions from it, but it's another tool for me to to get my music to you, you know, for, for not doing anything except signing up to take me five minutes and upload some tunes and some artwork and there someone in Russia can listen to it. So, Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I think I think most musicians when when the this whole thing changed when we went from the CD and people the streaming came out, we we're like, oh, you know, this this is bullshit, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, again, we go back to the embracing thing. There's going to be new technology in a couple of years again. We're just going to have to roll with that. Right. And like you said, you have a great point where I think you need to know who you are as an artist, what demographic you're really kind of shooting for, like what, who likes your music, basically. And then, you know, add those little extra bonuses. You know, add a handwritten lyric sheet or add a signed pick or, or, or something that's cool. You know, so um, we have, it's funny, we've actually been talking about that as a band when we release the new stuff. So we have a kind of unique concept for the next EP. So I think that's definitely some stuff we really need to kind of think, think hard about. So yeah, cool. Now um, on the back of the CD baby question, did you um, think about looking into sync licensing and stuff like that? Cause uh, there's an Australian guitar player called Pliny and he's fairly yeah. young. He's kind of degent meets uh, Satriani. But um, the thing, cool. that, the thing that really um, opened my ear um, I've I've been fan for him for for a few years, um, but I'm sitting at a friend's house down here, and they they've got the football game. I'm not really into football, but they had the game on, and all of a sudden the credits roll for the for the uh, the commercial, and I'm like, I said to my wife, I'm like, wait wait wait, be quiet, and I'm listening, and I'm like, wow, that's this song by Pliny. I'm like, that dude's got got it going on because you yeah. know if he can get that kind of level of you know, licensing with his music, then he's obviously taking advantage of all the tools with which to make money, you know, with your music. So I don't know if that's something you've looked into, but especially when you've got like synth stuff going on, you might, you might have a good avenue. And by the way, Paul would, Paul would love you for saying we should do a whole synth album. He'd be in, he'd be in his 11. Um, I totally agree. I think, I think we've, I've looked into it. Um, I'm a weird musician in, my, in myself where I, when I'm done an album, I don't, it's not, I don't want to say I throw it away, mm. but I, I'm like, okay, I can do shit. Let's like, you know, let's, 
has read some stuff. Um, and that's a really bad trait to have. <laughs> and I'm well aware of my, my awfulness in that sense, because mm -hmm. I have a catalog of music I could be doing, syncing all those, you know, those sure. albums, which, which maybe this is a fire in my ass to do just that. Um, but I'm always moving on to something new. So it's, it's, it's very difficult for me to, to go back and say, okay, well, that song we wrote, you know, six years ago would be great for, mm. you know, at the end of the Red Sox game here. Um, so you have a wonderful valid point, which I could probably be making money from. And I'm going to take you up on that point. I'll look into it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean that, that, that kind of leads me into my next question is like, if you're, if you're writing an entire album and, and it's that personal, then it's kind of a cathartic thing. And you, you kind of want to get rid of it because in some ways, if you're writing angry music, you're, you're getting rid of that negative, you know, emotional baggage. Right. So you don't want to have to deal with, Oh, now I'm promoting it. So now I'm getting wrapped up into the mental stuff that goes along with it. So yeah, no, that, that completely makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the kind of almost answering my own question, but what does music actually mean to you to be able to play it? And Yeah. I mean, going back to your last statement there where you, you have to play both hands of that. Um, the business side, definitely when you're, when you're done creating an album, at least for me personally, you know, when all the energy has been, um, thrown into something and you're kind of drained at that point, but then you're like, okay, the album's done. Oh shit. Now I have to actually like do a whole promotional business campaign behind it. I'm like, oh. right. <laughs> you know, so some people really like that. Like some people really enjoy the business aspect of it. I wish I had three people over here that would actually do that. For me. But um, I now understand I have to do it. And I, it's a, it's a good learning experience for me to, to pick up new traits and to learn from different people. Um, and I'm always looking at people online and if I get up to a show, um, how they're doing things mm -hmm. and what's working for them. And, and, you know, some people are just, you know, there's some artists out there just absolutely amazing that just the creative things they come up with are right. just, just, just killer, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, going back to what this music, I guess if the general question of what music means to me, um, it's my way of saying what I like to say to the world, I guess. It's, I'm actually relatively shy in a sense. I, I I'm kind of, I don't even know how to say it. I, I, I think I'm not shy more. I think a little bit eccentric, but a little bit introvert, a little bit eccentric. So mm. um, uh, it gives me an avenue to, to, to do something creative with all this gobble mess in my head and put it in a tangible way to kind of connect. And I found out that a lot of people, you know, which is cool for me, understand my lyrics and can connect with that. Mm. And um, I think as a person, I think that's probably the main thing music does is, is providing, you know, a bridge to other people, you know, and forming that giant community of people who think the same way you do and right. feel the same way you do and are going through the same shit that you do, even though you think you're, you're going out through all the stuff alone. Mm -hmm. Oh, another million people say you're not, you know, so it's, it's probably the most fundamental thing for me with music is creating that virtual bridge mm. that. You can't see it, but you know it's there. Right, you, know? right. well, you can see it. You can't see it physically, but you know you know it's there because people are showing up and, and giving their hard-earned money to, mm -hmm. to to buy something from you. So it's it's always been an outlet for me. I guess growing up as a metalhead, you know, it was initially always anger. Mm -hmm. most, you know, most metal is kind of built around that one emotion. Mm -hmm. um, and as you explore different avenues, you you, you try not to be afraid to write something a little bit softer or write something that would touch a little bit, you know, even though you're into metal, it's kind of okay to 
to just write this cool rock song because it's got a nice melody to it or because it fits the lyrics, you know? So, um, so virtual bridges and, and being able to push myself as a person and a musician, I think is probably the main things that I, I love about music. And I love to create stories. I mean, if I, if, if my, my attention span was, wasn't so short, I would totally be writing books, but I, uh, you know, that's a little, a little bit more difficult to sit in front and write 375 pages. Yeah. Just, you know, come back to a song a day later and change some, you know, a couple of lyrics around. Um, so it's, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do. I, I absolutely enjoy it. And I do it with all my heart and I don't, there's no cutting corners and there's no putting a note in there or a lyric in there that is not meant to be there for me. So, um, and I hope that comes across. And I, I guess, I guess that when people listen to Mindset X or even my acoustic stuff, even the cover stuff, when I sing it, I don't sing it because, because I think it's just a cool song. I sing it because I can close my eyes and, and really feel what that person is saying. And mm -hmm. you know, even something stupid like 500 Miles, like, although it's a silly, stupid song, it, it's a fun song to sing. And I understand where they came about when they wrote it. Because people love it, you know, right. people yell and they scream it, they yell the things and, you know, so that's a whole nother side of happy, go lucky type of music that sometimes when you go out to see a band, you want to be happy. Sometimes you don't want to wallow in the pity of, <laughs> of a shitty day. Sometimes you want to make that shitty just go away, right. you know, so um, it's such a powerful tool. You can, you can kind of, you can create anything from it, any emotion you want, um, you can create and hopefully, hopefully people grab onto that, mm -hmm. so. That's kind of where I like. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's that's great. Um, so I think uh, that that's a good uh, kind of uh, bookmark there. Um, where can people find all about Mindset X and about you and keep keep uh, keep in touch to make sure we don't miss uh, the the solo stuff and the new album coming out? Cool. Um, I, I think mindsetx.com is kind of the main. Uh, the main place to go and then obviously we'd love for you to have to sign up on the mailing list which is right on the main page when you go there so you can't really miss it kind of punches you right in the face mm -hmm. when you log on to the as page well yeah, as well it should um and then the solo stuff the acoustic stuff um and actually with mindset x2 if you go on bands on town and you kind of log on to that it'll have all mindset x tour dates it'll have my silly acoustic cover stuff tour dates mm -hmm. um eventually once i get my shit together and uh finish my my solo acoustic original stuff um it'll be that too i don't have a website or anything for that yet because i'm i'm kind of climbing up that hill still and i haven't i haven't reached the top and seen the horizon yet mm -hmm. so um but i'll get there eventually probably this year and um Excellent. yeah and we'll take it from that cool um and what i like to do at the end of the podcast is play a song from the artist i interview so um what what song would you like me to play I guess one of my favorites, and I think the band's favorite, is uh, Island cool. off of um, Oceans. Right. Good song. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Um, it was a great, great uh, discussion. So I uh, hope, uh, you know, after the new album comes out, we can get together again and see what worked marketing-wise and, you know, all that good stuff and see if we can do a follow-up. So That would be fantastic. I appreciate the interview. Thanks right. so much. Thank you very much. Have a good one. All right. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode. 
Let me know who you want me to interview next by reaching out on facebook.com forward slash music on your own terms. Stay in the loop by joining the email list on musiconyourownterms.com and also view the show notes for this and past episodes. As always, be excellent to each other. Keep pushing the needle. Just remember, it's not about being better than anyone else. All you need to do is make sure you're aiming to be better than you were yesterday. Please enjoy Island from Mindset X from the incredible album Oceans, which I highly recommend you seek out.